Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling today? Like, what's good? What's on your mind? You know what? Okay. When you have something to look forward to, don't you just feel so much better, so much lighthearted? You smiling a little bit more behind your mask, but you smiling a little bit more. So (laughs) I am smiling a little bit more because I'm looking forward to seeing you Yes, West Palm Beach. Hey, West Palm Beach. Hey, yes, <laughs> I am so excited to go on vacation. I have not been on vacation since November 2019 when I had like I went on a birthday trip. And how this came about is I was just I kept talking about how I wanted to go on vacation, want to go on vacation, want to go on vacation. And my mama got tired of me talking about wanting to go on vacation, wanting to go on vacation. And my mom was like, and I was like, well, I don't know who would want to go with me or I don't know where to go or just all this stuff. Just talking like I ain't got friends for some reason. (laughs) And my mama was like, I don't know why you're playing. Just ask Erica to go with you. Like, that's the obvious choice. And so I text Erica and I was telling her, she's talking about your mama's right now. Where are we going? <laughs> and so I was like, that's <laughs> why I was like, that's why Erica's my dog, because she's always down for whatever. She's always down for a vacation. So where are we going to be going for four days, four days, five days and four nights? Mm-hmm. We are we got a room mm-hmm. on the beach. We are about to have an amazing mm-hmm. time to unset, unplug, reset, all that good stuff. I have the countdown on my phone. Um, but no, it's going to be so fun. I need this vacation. It's going to be fun. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited too. It's been so long since I've seen a beach, been on a beach, felt some sand, put right. a bikini on, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to be out there. We're going to be lit. We're going to be taking fire pictures. We're going yes. to have a hot girl summer before nine o'clock PM. Uh- right. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh- <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be fun so I'm looking forward to that and it is coming up in a couple of days so I'm excited yeah another thing to pass the time I have been watching some shows on Netflix what you been watching but there's actually this one show um that I wanted to mention on stars called run the world and it's about four black girls living in New York City. And it just gives me that sex in the city, girlfriends, right. insecure vibes. I just really, right. really like it. And I can see a little bit of myself in each of those women. Have you seen that? Yeah. So I actually just bought my little subscription to watch it the other day. And I wanted to watch it, obviously, for similar reasons that you did. But it's just something about seeing, like, black women portrayed on TV, but multifaceted in different types of black women having conversations and things that, you know, we can relate to. And I don't know. It just brought me black girl joy, black girl happiness. And I'm really excited to see how the show unfolds. But I actually, um, I have really enjoyed watching the show. And I'm so excited to see, you know, how it goes. And I am a Brisha Webb stan. I love her. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, she's funny. She's hilarious. Um, so I yeah, I'm gonna I think it came on again this week. I don't know. I gotta check because I have the stars app too, so I'm gonna check. But um for Netflix, I have been watching Dad Stop Embarrassing Me, starring Jamie Foxx, which I love him. He is the GOAT in my book. Oh, and yeah. then um The Upshaws, starring Mike Epps, Kim Fields, and uh who am I missing? Uh Wanda, Wanda Sykes. Hilarious. Yeah. Those I think it's shows, a good. Yeah. I think they're. I think those shows are so good. You know what it reminds me of, though, friend. It reminds me of just like black sitcoms coming back, but like black sitcoms that portray, portray as as being multifaceted and and portray us in like real real life. I'm seeing more of those. It kind of gives me the feel of the '90s when we're seeing these shows. I really enjoy. Yeah. You know, dad, stop embarrassing me because first and foremost, I love Jamie Foxx. He can do, there is nothing that that man cannot do. And it was so fun. It was so just, it it just brought me so much light and so much happiness to see him on TV, to see him acting and just to see, and for people, for a new generation to get to see him in something new. You know, he produced that with his daughter and she is the youngest executive producer to be on Netflix. I'm pretty confident that they will get another (laughs) season because they were number one on Netflix for so long. 
I love me some Mike Epps. Let me tell you something. Yes. I love him, y'all. Let me tell you a treat. Go look him back up when he was younger. Fine. With a capital Next. F. <laughs> Meal, appetizer, whatever you need to get through your day. But no, I really enjoyed him because I think he's so funny. And I just mm-hmm. thought that him, Kim Fields, and Wanda Sykes, I thought that they, you know, just made a really good team. They had really good chemistry. And I really found myself found myself like crying, laughing. I think it's really good family fun. Another show that I've watched is Family Reunion on Netflix with yeah. Tia Bari and mm-hmm. all of them. So yeah, I always try to watch, you know, shows that portray black people and black families in a positive yes. light, in a normal light, because that's what we are. I always try to like and support those. I always try to rate those. So if you are looking for something to watch, something to binge, something new, something light, something, you know, that'll give you a good chuckle, um, we definitely recommend that you check those out. Yes. And I think I'm going to finish the upshaws tonight. But anyway, let's keep it moving to the dating and relationship segment. So Shelby, I have something to ask you which is a simple question but it ain't simple you know me I like to make us think let's get let's get deeper into it what is your thought so um (laughs) the question is what do you bring to the table so let me explain it may seem like this is a simple question like I said but we've heard a lot of women including ourselves um say that they bring what they bring to the table, I bring the table to the table. I bring the chairs, the centerpiece. I bring all of it to the table. But what are we actually referring to when we say this? So I want us to think about what are things that we bring to the table that are not tangible or that are not things like, oh, I bring my own house, my own car, my own money. I bring a degree. But do you bring good listening? Do you bring supportive? Do you bring loyalty? Like those type of things. So let's just talk about what we would think that we bring to the table that does not involve status. So, you know, honestly, I love this question because I'm not going to lie. I say this a lot. I do because I need people to stop playing with me. (laughs) So I say it a lot and I mean it. But I think, you know, a lot of times before I answer the question that you asked, because, you know, I got to tell a story or go on a rant. I think a lot of times a lot of people or a lot of women particularly say what we bring to the table, because a lot of times what we bring to the table is diminished or it's looked over. So I think a lot of times we have to be vocal and speak up and tell people what we bring to the table so that people know not to play with you. Play with your mama, play with your mom, right. but don't play with me. So I think that that's why it's important. Um, this question, when I saw this, I was like, I think your first inclination is to think of tangible things because mm-hmm. that's what a lot of the world does. And I think that's just human nature. But when I read this, I was like, oh, I got to make a list because I got to make sure that I don't forget anything. So when I went back to the drawing boards and I took everything that was tangible off the list, um, I definitely think that as far as the table, I bring ambition, I bring friendship, I bring compassion, I bring love, I bring loyalty, I bring kindness, I bring intelligence, I bring empathy, I bring joy, I bring light, and I bring a very supportive nature to the table. I think for me, all of those things are things that I bring to the table and all those things are things that I ask for in return because I really feel like it's really important when you bring something to the table and you let it be known, make sure that you can reciprocate anything that you're asking to be brought to the table and make sure that you're getting the bare minimum of what you're bringing to the table. I think it's a fair question, but I do think that in the time we're living in that, you know, it's important to talk about the non-tangible things that you bring to the table because a lot of times when you talk about the tangible things like the monies, the degrees, the house, all those things are great. But those are not the those are not the type of things that are going to keep you warm at night. Those are not the type of things that are going to raise your children. Those aren't the type of things that are going to wipe your tears. Those are the type of things that you can experience life with. Like the things that you bring to the table that are not tangible are the things that make a happy life. Those are the things that bring contentment, that bring happiness, and that bring joy and fulfillment to you. What about you? What do you think, friend? What do you bring to the table? Girl, the table. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, nah, this uh, made me think because back when I rearranged my list of what I would want in a husband, right? And back in the day, Shelby used to make fun of me. She was like, girl, who are you trying to marry? Jesus? Because don't nobody have all that together. So anyway, when I redesigned um, that list and 
um, just redid it to the things that actually matter to the core, like you were just saying, Shelby. I also realized, okay, if I'm praying for this type of man, what am I doing for him? Because right. as you know, a man finds a wife, finds a good thing, right? It don't right. say a man that finds a woman with a car finds a good thing or with a right. with her own career finds a good thing. Right. So I it really made me think, okay, well, what is it that I can provide to him that would actually help him? Because we're supposed to be together. Um, you're supposed to be brought to him as as his help meet, right? Right. So in my opinion, your status what you got, what you accomplished, all of that, of course, is great, but it's just a status. That's just yours. Like that has nothing to do with anything else, but what you have done in your life. Right. So to me, um, I feel like how I would be a good helper is I feel like I'm supportive. I bring wisdom. I bring positivity, motivation. Um, I'm prayerful. I will pray over you. <laughs> um, I am affirmative. I bring, you know, that best friend vibe. Um, trustworthy. I feel like I'm a safe place. Like he wouldn't feel like he would be judged by me. Um, right. a team player. Like what we doing? What we got to do? Um, generous, thoughtful, understanding, loyal, reliable, a good listener, compassionate, loving, honest, resourceful, like those things I feel like is what we need to start saying. Yes, this is what I can bring to the table because honestly, right. a lot of people ain't loyal. A lot of people don't listen. A lot right. of people ain't compassionate. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we always talk about what we want in a man. Like what is your, what do you want a man for? Well, what makes us a good partner? You know? So right. that's what I would say. Do you know, friend, I definitely agree with everything you said. And I think that's so true. I think that you know, a lot of times we're not compatible with people or we can't meet people or we don't get that spark or that um, connection, different things like that. It's because we're looking for status symbols. Like, you know, we're looking for, you know, what type of job does he have? How much money is he bringing in? You know, what does he look like? All those things. And I, and I will say, I'm not going to lie and say those things don't matter because they matter to an extent. Um, Because you want your man to have a job. You want him to be attracted to you. You want him to, you know... Mm-hmm have a car so y'all can go on dates and different things like that. But I think it's, I think that we have to get back to looking at the core of a person and looking at his character. Um, I think that a person's character, I think that a way a person acts. um, And I think the way that a person cares for you and loves you is really important. And I think that sometimes a lot of people forget to put that into the equation and they wonder why they don't have a connection. They wonder why they don't have that spark that they're needing you know in their partner and friend so I have dated a variety of people not that many but a variety and I've had people tell me that I've dated people that aren't as attractive but to me they had a really good heart and they were kind and I've dated people that were drop dead fine but they just I just couldn't connect with him like I couldn't connect with him Mm -hmm. I couldn't I didn't get no spark I didn't get nothing I was like bro are you there in the top like what's what's happening. And I think that when you have this conversation about what do you bring to the table, you have this conversation about what do I want in a partner? I think that we have to start digging deep and looking at their character and looking at their traits and looking at who they are as a person. That when you take all these accumulates away, when you take their degree away, when you take their money away, when you take their status away, like, would you still want to be with that person? Would you still want them to be their partner because the thing about it that we forget is that everything that you have God can take that away you can lose it so I want to make sure that if I do lose it that I'm with a person that I can get it back with I'm with a person that's going to support me I'm with a person that's going to push me to be better I'm with a person that's going to hold me down because if you have all those things but then you leave at the first sign of hardship or you leave when I'm down then what's the purpose of that and I said all that to say that You know, it's just really important to look at a person's heart and to look at a person's character because those are going to be the things that hold you down when life gets tough. Right. That's a great point. And it's like, I actually personally kind of get turned off if a man leads with, you know, um, I got good credit. I've actually had somebody come up to me in the first interaction and tell me that he got good credit. Okay, that's great. But good credit don't tell me if you're crazy. You know what I'm saying? Good credit don't tell me if you're going to be emotionally abusive. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, women, we would want somebody that's well-established, that, you know, got their stuff in line and stuff together. But honestly, we also have to look at 
what does well-established mean in, in each phase of people's lives? Like you were just saying, if any if anything, the pandemic taught us, you could lose your whole job, your whole career in, in a moment. That doesn't right. make you less of a person. Right. Unless that's the only thing that you value yourself as. And so I think not looking at surface level things only, but looking at the actual person. I remember um, watching this sermon. I can't remember who was preaching it, but he was like, um, a connection is important, but who you're compatible with um, is also an important too, but it's really who you're suitable with, who is suitable for you. Because he was like, you can be compatible with a puppy. But can you be, is this person suitable for you? Meaning, right. does that person suit your life? Are they suit not only suiting your first year, but can they suit your fifth year, your 10th year in a relationship? You know what I'm saying? And that's what's important to me is that when I look at him, yeah, he may be fine, but can we make this relationship last when I'm in my 40s, 50s, 60s? You know what I mean? Not just, oh, he fine. Oh, and he got a good job. Oh, girl, and he got a Mercedes. Like, no, that's cute, but... No, that's not all. I'm, that's not going to sustain me or sustain us in the long run because he could lose that Mercedes. Right. You know, he could lose his looks. He could break his leg and never play a sport again. You're going to leave him. You know what I'm saying? So if we just look past surface level things, I think that that's what bringing to the table values. I agree. Yeah. So I'm glad we went deep into that because I could not wait to ask you that question and hear what you had to say, girl. But um, I think you nailed it. I, I had to really some good points. I had to really think about that one. Like I had to, I girl, I had to go in my spirit and bring that out. <laughs> right. Um, so I hope y'all learned something today. <laughs> so we'll keep it moving to our journey segment. So this segment is when Shelby and I will just share something that we have learned along our journey to building our brand, All Things Melanin. So let's get real. So Shelby, a lot of the times when we have our dreams and connections segment and we ask our guests this question typically a lot is what is something that you've learned or that it was the most challenging when building your brand? But I don't think maybe we have. I don't remember. I don't think we've ever actually shared what we think is the most challenging as building um, a brand. So what's one of the things you would think? So I actually have two that come to mind. The first one that I think has been the most challenging and that I've had to accept is that it takes time. You are not, more than likely, you're not going to be an overnight success. I think we've said this before, like I read somewhere that it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. 10 years, grinding it out every day, being consistent. And I definitely think for me, when we started our brand, like, I'm such a, Eric and I both are big dreamers. Like we are dreamers. We are goal people and different things like that. And my whole thing is I saw the vision when it was popping. You know, does that make sense? And so when we started, obviously we weren't popping per se, or it wasn't booming and different things like that. And so I think for me, the biggest challenge for me has been to remind myself that it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen overnight. You have to do the work. You have to put in your time. You have to figure it out and different things like that. And I think that's important to say because I think so many times, you know, as entrepreneurs and as people who are building brands and businesses and different things like that, so many times we get discouraged because we are not getting as much traction as we want or we're not becoming as popping as we want. And I think that we have to remember that if God gave you the vision, that he's going to give you the provision. But you also have to know that it's going to take time. You have to put in the work. You have to pay your dues. You have to, you know, be consistent. And so I think for me, um, we're almost four years into our brand. And I think that this, this year, I think I've just now become okay with it takes time. Um, the other thing that I would say that I've learned that has kind of been a challenge is not comparing ourselves to other people and other brands. I think that it's good to admire people. I think that it's good to support people. But I think it's a dangerous game when you compare yourself mm-hmm. to other brands because I think that you start to doubt yourself. I think that you start to lose faith in yourself. And I think that it can make you become discouraged when at the end of the day, their brand is their brand and our brand is our brand and we got to put our own sauce on it. So I definitely think that at first it was a challenge not to compare ourselves to other people. Like I had to start blocking that out of our mind and just focusing on the vision, you know, that we have and that we're building and that we see for our brand. But I would definitely say that those were the biggest challenges for me that I had to overcome, but obviously other stuff, but those are the two that stick out. 
Um, what about you, friend? Like, what do you think? Um, also, I feel like what I can add to that is work life balance. I'm, I know oh, yeah. we've mentioned this before on different podcasts, but you know, being building something up from the ground, you want to work, 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 work. Which you, which I kind of sounded like Rihanna. That song, Rihanna, work, 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 work. <laughs> but anyway, <I'm> crying. <laughs> we were doing that, but we had to realize that we needed to rest, rest, and rest. So I think one of the challenges was learning when to do that and when to balance like hey let's just have friend time and it ain't got to be business partner time every time we get together let's have our actual friend time so that we could come back with creative ideas and you know refreshed um another thing i would say is learning what works and what doesn't work could could be a challenge or was a challenge because we we didn't start with a podcast y'all we started with blogs we started with vlogs and not to say that those things weren't working but we found our niche you know what i'm saying so i think that's always a challenge too because like shelby was saying you have a particular idea of when you popping off yeah we popping off with this but when you actually are building the brand from ground zero that necessarily might not work for you or for your brand or what you're trying to do so just learning that Another thing I could add to it would be uh, trying to grow your audience um, organically. That's definitely a challenge. You got to stay right. on the grind with that as far as, you know, staying engaged and just trying to figure out different ways to be creative with your content and what you're pushing out. So that's definitely a challenge. And then the last thing that sticks out for me is pivoting. And I feel like because 2020 was such a disaster, the pandemic was such a is such a disaster. But a lot of things besides the pandemic were going on. Okay, racial injustices and all of all of that. And Shelby and I's podcast obviously is something a little bit more lighthearted about faith and making you laugh and talking about dumb situations. But we had to. It was a challenge for us to see how we were going to address certain things, like um, you know, uh, Brianna Taylor and all these kind of situations that were happening because we didn't want to just ignore it obviously we're black women why would we ignore that you know what i'm saying right. just because our just because our brand doesn't focus on that we still had to find a way for us to address it in the way that we wanted to which honestly you guys was a challenge because we wanted to do it in a way that was organic and authentic to us mm-hmm. so and we did and it actually was one of our most powerful podcast series that we did and um so i think even though it was a challenge we were able to you know nail it on the head right and i agree and i think that when it comes to building your brand i just want people to know that it's not always going to be you know sunshine and roses and different things like that but i definitely think that the challenges that you endure in your business and your brand make you better you know there were some times that eric and i were challenged and we were exhausted and we were tired and we didn't necessarily know how we were going to come off the top of it but we were resilient we were supportive of one another and we and we dug down and we did the work so i want anybody that's building a brand or a business to be encouraged that when you are facing challenges just know that they are growing pains that we all go through them it's really how you decide to take on those challenges and how you dig down deep to overcome them. Because when you overcome them, you're good, you're great. But I think that sometimes when we endure challenges, we don't realize that it's it's a prepping process because you have to, you essentially have to be groomed before you get to where you're going or before you get to the top. Like it's never gonna be super, super easy. And I feel like if you're enduring those challenges, that means that you're on the right track to get where you need to go. Yes. And that's on period. Now let's get into our guest segment of the day, dreams and connections. So this segment is catered to our go-getters going after their dreams and killing it in their industry. So today we want to introduce to you Talib, founder of Afros and Audio Podcast Festival and the Vanguard Podcast Network. Talib Jasir is a storyteller, author, podcast producer, and advocate for the people and the collective power. Born a twin in Baltimore, Maryland, he spent his earliest years traversing the backwoods of Maryland's eastern shore under the guardianship of his great-grandmother. Reared by a village of irrepressible folk, he learned the power of kinship, love, and the dynamicism of language. Talib is a creative entrepreneur with over 17 years of professional experience in the marketing and advertising, founder of the Afros and Audios Podcast Festival, and the Vanguard Podcast Network. He is also a dual-certified FWD movement coach with a focus on supporting creatives, 
podcast creators, and entrepreneurs. Talib received his BA in Public Policy slash Urban Studies, Africana Studies, and Social Justice. So before we get started, I have to ask you, what's good? What's popping? How you feeling today? Feeling all right. Thank you for asking. <laughs> That's good. Um, so let's go ahead and jump right into the interview. Um, the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, as Shelby just read that you have professional experience in marketing and advertising. As a lot of our audience have are, are professionals for a long time, maybe just in corporate, and they actually have a desire to be an entrepreneur and want to take that step but they may not know exactly how to do that or how that transition looks or what that's about. So our question to you is how did you actually transition to being a creative entrepreneur? I think the first question I asked, had to ask myself was what do I want? You know, um, my career kind of came by accident out of necessity and out of scarcity um, over Mm -hmm. 17 years ago. The things that I needed at the time is what uh, put me in a position where uh, my career started. And so um, it was never really something I wanted to do because I'm, I'm a creative. Um, so it was, it was 17 years later, you know, time in between that where there was different realizations I was having with myself, different conversations that uh, caused me to really take a, a, a jump in the middle in 2017 and just say, this this ain't it. It hasn't been it for a long time. And so how can I gather up all of the experience and the ex- expertise and the knowledge that I have, um, you know, I have at this point and mm-hmm. uh, make it work for myself. And I think that's important for all of us to know is that we, you know, if you've stayed in something for extended power, period of time, whether it's the career focus or just life, you have enough, you know what you're doing. And so sometimes it just really is about stop preparing to get prepared to be prepared and just go for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that is so true. I feel like so many people can relate. It's like you do something for so many years that you're good at, and then you just kind of fall into, you know, entrepreneurship or, you know, something that you're really good at because you've already done the work. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, so how did the idea of Afros and audios come about? Sure. So I, in 2017, around the same time, I uh, created my first audio drama, The Fussings, Until One of Us Is Dead. It's a limited series comedy, audio drama. And what I really was doing at that time, Afros and audio was really geared towards that because I wanted to find more community around people who are creating audio dramas, not just people, you know, black mm-hmm. folks to be specific. Right. And, um, and so I was really looking for that and it's, it's not what it is today. You know, 2017 at the Issa Rae's Fruit was out, uh, Lorenz Tate and Lawrence Fishburne's uh, Bronzeville was out and a few other um, audio dramas. But as far as like um, black listenership mm-hmm. it, and, and, and black creatives, it, it hadn't taken on, uh, taken off like it has today. So mm-hmm. that was really what Afro, how Afros and Audio started, was wanting to find community around um, audio dramas. And because of the time that it was, it just wasn't really working out. And so um, I reached out to uh, another podcaster and kind of talked to him mm-hmm. about my decision. I'm like, I have this really dope logo. Um, I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. Right. So... You know, I, I, I'm I'm about to throw this away like I do everything I create, or do I figure out some, another way? He said, man, you should really do, you should think about events. And, um, you know, to this day, I think he meant like, go do a two-hour meetup somewhere. But when I left, I was like, okay, boom, we're going to do a two-day conference right. um, for Black podcast creatives. So it's just really um, how that started. But, but another catalyst for me was... Uh, one of the conglomerates, uh, which most everyone knows at this point, but I won't uh, name them, they had done a, a women of color podcast uh, submission, um, you know, call for submission, and like almost eighteen thousand women applied, and less than fifteen were chosen for for different tiers of the support. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just in that moment, I was just like, we we just continue to do this. We 
we wait for opportunities. Um, we've been socialized though. So it's not, it's not a, you know, not, it's not judgment, right. but we, mm-hmm. we, we spend a lot of time waiting for opportunities to come to us. And if, um, and then we go for it. And then I, I just really got concerned about how many of those women stopped their podcasts right then and there because they weren't right. Ch- chosen. Right. Um, and so for me, it's like, how can I create something knowing as a creative, what, what the whole process is, you know, the whole conversations and stories we tell ourselves and really um, add value in this space and, um, and get folks to see how we can create a lot of these opportunities for ourselves still taking it, the, the opportunities, but um, not, not waiting around, not asking for permission, you know, that, that's right. really the reasons why. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that. There's something that you said a little earlier about you had an original idea for Afros and audio and it didn't really work, but you were able to come up with something else and kind of pivot to make it work for the problem that you had. So mm-hmm. in in saying that, whenever us as creatives create anything or have this brilliant idea, we have so many visions, right? Mm-hmm. But we always want to share like, oh, look, this is where we've gone. This is where, where, we've, uh, where this idea has taken us. But one thing Shelby and I always want to um, highlight is transparency of the challenges that we face. And a lot right, of, of entrepreneurs, they don't want to share, you know, the up, the downs. We only want to share the ups. So with that being said, what's one of your biggest challenges that you faced so far um, building your brand and your network? Well, I mean, limited resources, you know, not knowing mm-hmm. what the heck I was doing when I started, you know, in, in reality, you know, um, I just, it, it was like, okay. Like I said, he said event. I think he met meetup. I went to day conference. Never have I done a conference. Never had I, have I done speaking engagements to that level, um, to that scale, like never. So it was really about, um, understanding that, there was limited resources. There was limited knowledge, but I, but I, I didn't know so much what I was doing, but I know who I am. And I, so I knew right. that once I jumped out there, once I opened my mouth and said, this is what's happening. That's another piece that, you know, is really important for us folks who get a little nervous about what we want to create. Right. It set it, put it yeah. out there, you know, you know, set the intention, but also uh, talk to folks who, uh, can hold you accountable. And that's what community, why community is so important. Um, mm-hmm. And so just from there, literally before the first festival, I lost the venue that I had for nine months, uh, a day, a month to the day of the event. Oh, no. And um, yeah, it sucked. But what mm-hmm. I realized is that um, where it was is where it was always meant to be, right? Where where, right. where mm-hmm. the festival ended up being. And so it's these things where, uh, because of who I am, you know, I'm a life coach. I work with uh, people, and I, you know, I've, I've had my own level of self awareness. Uh, still growing. We always still growing, but but I've I've done some work. And so I believe that the universe is always working on our behalf, even when it feels like it isn't. And so um, and so just trusting that. I, I knew what I was creating, and I was determined to make it happen. Um, and especially since I opened my mouth and y'all was showing up. So something got to be there on these two days. Right. No, right. Yeah. That is that is so true. And I find that, you know, when Eric and I talk to some people, you know, they want to, you know, launch a business or launch a brand or try something new. Um, that a lot of people haven't necessarily been forthcoming with challenges and they haven't really been open about their journey and different things like that. Um, to your point, I think a lot that, you know, what has kind of helped us on our journey is people sharing their challenges because I think that there is beauty in sharing your challenges. And I think that to your point, that's another reason why community is so important that, um, you know, we each help each other get to the point and different things like that. So definitely thank you for sharing your challenges because that is such an important part of entrepreneurship that I think that a lot of people skip over and tend to forget. Absolutely. Absolutely. So switching gears a little bit. So tell us about your Vanguard podcast network. So uh, Vanguard is um, continuing the the earlier vision uh, for audio drama. And so I just find it very important uh, for us as uh, people to right. to uh, 
share our stories, you know, record our, our current lived experiences and perspective because it all matters. And so for me and, and why I chose to be a, a leader in this space is that, uh, is that I, I recognize that long after we're doing this for the monetization and the, you know, and the applause or just to have a creative expression, what we're recording right now is going to be our legacy. It's what's going to continue on. People are going to listen to this. It's like a time capsule right. in, a, in a, an audio version, right? And so it's, it's so important, especially for, uh, you know, Black folks, marginalized folks to uh, share our experiences, talk from our perspective, uh, no matter what the topic is. And um, so, yeah, so Vanguard is really about audio storytelling and um, it's both nonfiction and fiction. And um, that's that's really an extent what the what it what it's about is me coming back full circle with my original dream, um, but allowing Afros and audio to breathe, to scale, to grow um, and also be be able to be creative um, at the same time. Right. That's such a good idea. And y'all, you'll have to check out the website. I was already lurking and looking at, I mean, the different services. Um, if you're still accepting submissions, y'all go ahead and jump on that and submit your creative ideas. It's it's a really dope idea. Another dope idea was obviously the Afros and Audio Podcast Festival, which Shelby and I, if you don't know, um, we were able to be a part of the second annual um, festival that was virtual, obviously, um, where we got to share our knowledge and just got to learn from other people. Um, we talked about the art of content development. It was really, really fun. So we heard you're having a third annual. Um, so go ahead and tell us what we can look forward to at the third annual um, podcast festival. All right. Well, the third annual is November 13th through the 14th, uh, around the same time. Our first one was in June in Brooklyn. You know, it was dope. But then COVID happened. So right. it was going to be in June again in Brooklyn. And um, and that was a no-go. So we had to go virtual and so the later date became because what what are we doing? You know, um, the pandemic mm-hmm. kind of shut everything down around March, April, May. So it was just like, okay, mm-hmm. right. by March, we had to make a decision. And so this year, we're going to do a virtual again, because just who knows, the world is starting to open back up again. But, you know, my goal is to keep my folks safe in here for as long as possible. So, um, right. so we can keep doing this. I don't, I don't want to be our last in-person <laughs> festival, right? So, so we're going to take some more time. Um, and hopefully 2022, we can, uh, turn up, you know, in person, um, and in hybrid, but, but one of the things that I learned from the, this virtual opportunity we did last year was the accessibility it created, uh, for people with disabilities, uh, for folks mm-hmm. with financial considerations, traveling considerations, all these things. And so I, that's that's something I also feel is really important is that the things that we create is accessible mm-hmm. to the to the people, right? Yeah. And so um, so we might we we may you know c- kind of consistently keep it into this hybrid virtual um, and in person, but. We're still, we're just starting to plan it, but it's going to be more of the same, but elevated, you know, I I believe in progression. And so uh, I promised in the first, the first festival that we were going to have progressive conversations. We weren't going to come back and talk about the same thing we did last year, because that means we're not moving this thing forward. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it'll be, be a bit of the same uh, this year, but just fun and, and, and community building and really understanding that this is where we start to really scale and see how us as a community, because this is not about Talib, you know, this is about right. the community that comes to the festival, the community of black podcast creatives and audio professionals that sees value in building something together. Uh, because I, I truly believe that that's the way forward, especially when in disrupting these uh industries that that were created without us in mind right and just to kind of piggyback off what erica said like when we were a part of it last year we genuinely had so much fun you know being a part of and different things like that like when we came up like when we came across this festival to be honest i have never really seen a festival that's targeted to us for us and i think it's so important because so many people are interested in podcasting like when we started we didn't know anything (laughs) 
like nothing. And it's so good that you are creating a space and a place for people to get educated, for people to have knowledge, for people to ask questions and for people to, you know, continue their legacy if they want to. So I'm telling y'all, if you are interested in podcasting, even if you know things about podcasting, this is an amazing place to start. This is an amazing place to network. And this is an amazing place to tap in as well. Absolutely. Thank you. So tell us about your, um, sorry. So tell us about what you're looking forward to the most as a moderator at the Potward Virtual Summit coming up this month. Um, well, Potward is, is really dope and it's, and it's uh, being uh, hosted by our friends over at Podcasters Unlimited and mm-hmm. Denise Duran and Ann Smith. They were, they've been a part of Afros and Audio since the very beginning, since the inaugural. And so it's just, it's great. Our, our Afros and Audio, our, our um, mission statement is a commitment to collaboration, community and collaboration. And so that's what's important is to be able to, yes, I, you guys show up to the festival and that's dope. But now how can I also pour into you? Like like right. being asked to be a guest here. Um, mm-hmm. This to me is what that community looks like. This to me is what collaboration looks like. And so um, so pod work is is something that they've created. It's their inaugural event. And um, it's basically about podcast networks um, and just kind of demystifying that whole thing. But Mm -hmm. I'm specifically speaking on uh, fiction podcast networks because that's what I have. And so I'll Mm -hmm. be moderating that. um, I don't know if if I had to moderate any of y'all's at the festival, but I sucked at it. So we'll see if this works out. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about supporting them. And um, and I love the creatives that are there. And like I said, um, black audio drama is such a rising um, genre, and it's it's really so dope that I'm just eager to get in a room um, with other creatives and learn. You know, because that's what that's it's always mutually beneficial. You know, right? That's very exciting, and I'm glad you mentioned you know being able to pour into each other, and that's what it's all about. That is what a community is, not just mm-hmm. take, take, take. What can you do for me? I'm trying to get on. You know how people are. <laughs> Some of us. And so I think that that was a great point that you made. Um, And being able to just be a part of all these different sectors within the community, the fiction podcast, the pod word, the Vanguard, all of that. How what would you say would be the most rewarding moment of just being a creative entrepreneur? Well, for me, like, listen, I mean, I I can't cap and say I didn't shed a few tears after the festival because (laughs) it was another inaugural really i mean to move it virtual and to not know how the community would receive it um it it really is rewarding to be in integrity with not only the mission statement but but within the community and to um to be received i mean i'm i'm a creative but i'm also a a a human being who's had my own conversations about self-worth and and um you know lack conversation scarcity um, mm-hmm. low self-esteem, all of those things, mm-hmm. you know, like the things that are, are in most of us, right. Um, self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to, um, really do something that becomes my evidence that, okay, bro, you, you actually can do a thing. Okay. So let's right. take that evidence. <laughs> right. Stop, stop playing yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those feelings that, that is the people showing up for the first festival, the people showing up for the second festival. It's just, it's my highlight. It's the highlight of the year for me because um, it's, again, I'm just one person in the room, but it's really what, what it, what it's created, you know, what's, what's being created. And um, the festival has always been about the day after uh, for me. So we're going to have this two day event every year, but the day after means how does our community stay stay connected with one another? You know, how does right. our community begin to collaborate and really understand that there's power in people, there's power in us going right. for a, a similar goal, and that's to win, right? right. So um, mm-hmm. that's been the most rewarding is is seeing y'all show up and and um and show out, you know, every every festival and and knowing that we're going to just keep going up from here. That's amazing. So with everything, you know, that you that you know now, what advice would you give someone who is wanting to go for their dreams, but they may be hesitant to do so or do so or they just don't maybe necessarily know where to start? 
Well, you know, there's a there's a thing about um, be do have, and be do have is basically there's a lot of people who want to have things and want to do things, but if that that being isn't supported, if that being isn't right. um, at peace and clear about a vision or or or, or your why, um, then you can do it and you can have it like many people do and have, but they're but they're not at peace, they're not happy, they're not content. Or um, they're consistently raising the bar on themselves and never acknowledging the time that they actually did did it, created something. Mm-hmm. And so, um, right. and so I, I feel like the first step is to do the work around the, the self doubt, um, you know, the, mm-hmm. the the lack conversations, the scarcity conversations. Because if you don't, then you can have a thing and do a thing, and you will go right back to those feelings of being an imposter and and self doubt. So, so the first thing I just want to encourage people to do is 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 do the work so that you can actually enjoy the fruits of your labor. Um, but the other piece is to have have the courage and and to to be uh, brave enough to jump out there, not concerned about the how so much. Like I said, the festival started. If I right. thought about the how, then it, it, we wouldn't do it because I didn't know how. Right. <laughs> right. So. So you have to, you have to trust, you know, you have to trust that you, who you are, right? Like I said, I knew myself, so I didn't know how to create a conference, but I knew how to do other things, you know, it was very intuitive and instinctual for me. And so, um, just be willing, you know, be willing to do your work, be willing to, to take the chances, um, that it will succeed and not that the, the, the fear of the risk that it, that it could fail. Um, and then ask for support. That's the that's right. the yes. other piece to this. Um, you you must be willing to raise your hand and say, "I need some support." There's a piece here that I don't understand. There's something here that it's taking me five months to learn, and all. And then they're like, "Oh, well, you just push this button." And you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, right." <laughs> like, I should have <laughs> talked to you earlier. You know, so be willing. You know, be willing to reach out to folks and and to get support because. When we don't, we're also robbing a, a person the opportunity to support us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Those are great points. Um, one thing uh, Shelby and I always, we could say, preach about is you're you're going to feel the feel the fear, but you right. have to do it anyways. And right. just because you have some kind of fear doesn't mean you don't have faith that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. So you just got to push through that. So I'm glad that you mentioned that and, and kind of touched on, hey, you might have self-doubt. We all have it. We all have imposter syndrome at some point within you know, the journey. Um, one thing that I do love about being a Black creative or just being in this generation period is that we are not necessarily waiting for opportunities to happen. Mm-hmm. We're o- creating right. our own opportunities. We're not waiting for someone to give us a lane. We're creating our own lane. And it may be hard to start, you know, brick by brick, but we're out here <laughs> yeah. doing it because our our culture um, as black people, we're not set up to have generational wealth. Right. Right. We're not set up to have a legacy, but we're out here creating our own legacies, our own streams of income. And I just love that for us. So my question to you, Talib, is what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I want to say that I I was a good parent and a good uncle and they say it, too. That's great. That's, yeah, That's great. yeah. That's all this amazing. other stuff is all this is all this other stuff, right? But right. it's mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's really it goes beyond. You know, like I said, these are these are things that we get to do, like with our life, right? Um, mm-hmm. the the work, the the entrepreneurship, the the accomplishments is is really a get to, and so um, what other parts of, of our lives, um, mm-hmm. matter, you know, and to be able right. to, to see it, see it all, all the way around. And so my goal is that who, who I say I am, it's aligned with, with who they say I am. That's great. That's amazing. So you've dropped so many gems, you've dropped so many knowledge. So we want to make sure that people can find you and that they can get in touch with you if they want to. So how can people get in touch with you and find you to leave? All right, but um, at Afros and Audio on um, Instagram, Facebook, um, and that's A F R O S A N D Audio, um, Afros and Audio dot com, and uh, what else? Vanguard Vanguard P N dot com is our audio drama uh, website, 
And yeah, that's that's pretty much it, especially you know when it comes to to this world. Great, thank you so much, Talib, for joining us today. We enjoy- I enjoyed this conversation. I got a lot out of this. So <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but it was it was a really good conversation. So we appreciate you for joining us on our dreams and connections segment. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I am looking forward to seeing y'all again this year. Thank you. Um, so let's keep it moving to our next segment, which is the mentor moment. Um, so this segment is when Shelby and I are going to read a listener's letter that was submitted to us. And then we're going to give our advice on it straight. No chaser. Okay. So it says, hi, Shelby and Erica. I recently launched my own brand, a vegan beauty line specifically for black women. I have been moving in silence on this until recently. It was right before my actual launch. I had caught up with an old friend of mine who is also a boss woman and she is very opinionated, but I respect her knowledge on being a business owner. So I decided to share my plans of launching my brand with her and she immediately started to give her opinion on things like raising my prices or changing the name to something else, things that I have already decided on and are in place. This line is a dream of mine and I'm starting off small, so I wish I would have not said anything because it can be discouraging when people put their opinion on your dream and sometimes it makes you question if you're even doing this right. So how do you keep from letting the opinions of others stop your dream, vision, or goals that you have set for yourself? Help me. First off, congratulations on first and foremost coming up with this idea coming up with this vision and just having enough faith to step out there and just do it and just launch so kudos to you because i feel like the hardest thing is coming up with a plan and doing it so kudos to you um and congratulations um the second thing i would say is so how do you keep how do you keep from letting the opinions of others stop your dream vision goals one thing that i have learned and i think i can add Erica in this because we had a conversation about this last week actually is that when you have big dreams and you have big visions and you want certain things for your life everybody is not going to see or understand the vision the dream or what you're trying to do that's the first thing and I think that once you realize that everybody's not going to get it and everybody's not going to understand the vision you start to develop a thick skin because everybody wants to share their opinion. Everybody wants to have something to say. And, you know, I think that you just have to take what this person is saying with a grain of salt. Because that's, if that's not the vision that you have for your brand, if those aren't the prices that you have or what you want to do, or that the name that you want to have, then you have to take what they say and discard it. I think that as you continue to go on your entrepreneur and your business journey, you're going to get a lot of unsolicited advice. You're going to get a lot of unsolicited people telling you what they think. And I think for me, what I've had to learn how to do is just to look at them and say, okay, and discard it and not think about it anymore. I think going forward, you just have to be very careful of who you share your vision and your dreams with. Because like I said, everybody's not going to get it. Everybody's not going to understand it. And one thing that I had to learn is that like most people don't dream very big. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I want to put that out there. There's nothing wrong with that. And most people don't have very big visions and dreams for this. So most people honestly just want to survive day to day, take care of their family and, you know, do things like that. And that's fine. So when you dream outside of the box or you think outside of the box, sometimes that makes people feel some type of way. And because they don't think or dream like that or because they can't fathom it or they haven't seen it done, they'll try to... Um, put a stain on what you're doing. And so I think that once you realize that and once you know that, you just have to learn to take what other people are saying with a grain of salt, but still, but no matter what, still stay true to your vision, stay true to your dream and stay true to what you set out to do. Because if you think about it, anybody that has been great, anybody that has created a brand, anybody that has you know, just done amazing things. They had naysayers. They had people that didn't believe in them. They had people that tried to change what they were doing. They had people that gave their unsolicited advice. And they ultimately, I'm going to guess, didn't listen to those people. And they do, and they did what they set out to do. And I think that that's what you're going to have to ultimately do as well. I think that's great advice. So I will 
agree with all of that. And yes, congratulations on your vegan beauty line. Like that sounds like something I would buy. So girl, when you launch it, I don't care what price it at, it's at that she's talking about you need a change. I would be interested in buying that. Um, but anyways, I have a real issue with people putting their opinions in after the fact. Like where was you when I was making sketches of how this beauty line packaging is going to look? Why right. are you just now putting your opinion in it now? And what my mama would say, y'all, I, I, I always put her lines in here because she is hilarious. She basically says, oh, this is her thing about what people's opinions mean to her. She's like, how are you going to tell me how to move when you ain't never moved across the damn street? Okay. And so in right. other words, <laughs> in other words, this is not your vision, sis. Like, why are you trying to tell me, especially when that person has no experience in what you're trying to do? So I know that this, um, you said that she's also a boss woman, but is it in the beauty industry? Because that's a whole nother beast in itself. So it's, it's another thing when people are trying to tell you how to do your dream, if they're not even doing what you're doing. It'd be, it be different if Tyler Perry was trying to tell us how to run something. Okay, we're going to listen to you because I'm pretty sure you know what you're talking about. Right. But somebody that's never done a type anything that we're doing, why do you need to put your opinion in it? You know what I'm saying? Everyone has the right to it, but that don't mean everyone needs to hear it. So right. um, I just remember when Shelby and I first started our brand, um, we had people saying slide remarks. Like uh, I remember uh, somebody... I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing blogs. And she was like, oh, really? Because nobody's really reading blogs anymore. Girl, what? That's literally what everything that we're doing. Like, what are you talking about? And secondly, that's false. Okay, people are still reading blogs because I do it. You still reading them gossip blogs. You still reading the shade, shade room blogs. So what are you talking about? But right. anyway, back to what I was going to say <laughs> is, yes, you cannot let people deter your vision because when you were sitting in that room working on your vision, when you weren't telling anybody, you know in your heart what you should do. So I understand when it comes to the point of I'm excited, I want to share this with people that are close to me and hope that they're excited about it too. But unfortunately, it's not always going to be that case. You actually will get more support from people you don't even know. So Amen. that's something that Shelby and I, <laughs> Shelby and I first, we realized real quick is, you know, um, people want to see you, you know, do good as long as you're not doing better than them. And right. I'm not saying this to put some kind of like, you know, bitterness to, towards you or towards this person um, that you shared it with. But you could just be like, oh, OK, thanks for your opinion. But I've already thought it out because if you're like me, if I'm bringing something up, I've already right. made my mind about it. You're not going to sway me either way. But it right. is annoying because it's like if you take into account everything she said, if you change your prices, change your brand and change this, then it's not your vision anymore. Right. Right. So it's your baby. You do what you want to with it. And that would be my advice. You know what? You just brought that on home because I concur with everything that you said. <laughs> and that's I'm giving you a holy hey, amen, a ratchet amen and a modern amen. <laughs> Well, thank you. Okay, so you guys, if you have a question like this that you want us to answer, send us an email to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So now we're going to leave you with the words of encouragement for today, which come from Proverbs 16, 2, and it reads, desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? So I discovered this Bible verse not too long ago because what it means to me is when you are wanting so much for something or coveting something that you have no idea about it. So for example, if you really desire a relationship and you're looking at somebody else's relationship, but you ain't got no knowledge about that relationship. And so you're trying to do whatever you want to do to make sure that you get a relationship for yourself, but you know that ain't God's way of getting a relationship. Does that make sense? So that's what it, to me, it just means like if you're so hasty or so like in a rush to do something because you desire it so badly, but you know God is not trying to do that right now, then you will miss the way. You will miss his way because God's way, God's way is higher than our ways and our thoughts. So that's what it means to me because I get myself caught up in situations of, okay, God, well, this is just what I'm going to do. I'm about to do this. And it's like, hold on. You don't even know what you're doing. Don't miss God's <laughs> right. way because if I if I take a left turn and it's not like he ain't going to come get me. But if I take a left turn, maybe he wanted me to go right. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what it means to me. So what does it mean to you, Shelby? 
Yeah. So when I think about this verse or when I read this verse and different things like that, it just really I had to sit in it for a second because I was like, okay. But like when I read this and I listen to this and I let it stick in my spirit, it just really reminds me that like we really, really have to be very careful and very cautious about just going out and doing things because we want to do them. And this really just reminds me that we have to take time to sit in God's presence and to spend time with him so that he can talk to us and let us know what he wants to do. And so I say that to say that I relate that to God giving us knowledge to go out into the world and to do what we should do, whether that's our, whether that's God telling us, you know, about our passions, about our visions, about our dreams, about a job, about a man. A lot of times we go out and do things on our own and we get mad when it doesn't work out, but that was never God's vision for us. He never gave us the vision and he never gave us the knowledge. And I think a lot of times we do, and I'm talking about myself. I just want y'all to know I'm talking about myself. A lot of times we go out and we do things hastily and we do things fast. And then, but we didn't have any knowledge that that's what God wanted us to do. So now we mad and you ain't got your man, you ain't got your job, you ain't got what you want. But he never told you that. And so I just said that to say that just try to be more conscious about making decisions on your own and try to make decisions with God. Like listen to what he wants you to do. And I think Erica has said this plenty of times. Like sometimes you be talking to God and you be trying to get knowledge and you don't hear nothing. It's crickets yeah. for days, for weeks. Four months sometimes. Like you be like, God, I thought we was cool. But I, I guess you you not you don't want to talk to me right now. Cool. So like I said, I just said all that to say, you know, just and I'm talking to myself too, like just be more conscious of the things that we put on God and blame him on. Like really just take time to sit in his presence and to try to listen to see what he wants you to do because he will always give you the knowledge. He will always tell you what him to do, but sometimes he just don't tell us what we want to hear, so we get upset. So that's what I would say. <laughs> yes, and you wasn't just talking to yourself. You was talking to me, too. So, And I know we're talking to somebody else out there, too. So <laughs> let me go ahead and close this thing out with a prayer. So bow your head, close your eyes. If you're driving, just wait with it. Um, dear God, we come to you thanking you for what you are doing and what you're about to do in our lives. We trust that if we just wait on you and believe that your ways are higher than our ways and are better than we can even imagine, please help us not to um, be hasty and miss your way. Help us to keep our eyes on you and not give into doubt, unbelief, or impatience. Thank you for your goodness. And as we continue to wait, we are confident that we will see the goodness of you, Lord, in our lives. Knowing and believing what we've asked for, it shall happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.